And so I'm with you. I read The E-Myth when it came out. It was awesome. It's a great book. And I believe in processes. But I also believe that the world is changing. It will continue to change. In fact, I believe we're going through a tsunami of change and the waves are crashing against the shore. And most of the people listening, including carriers, including firm owners and agents, are really just waiting for things to settle down. The question you asked is one that everybody should be asking themselves. What are my processes? And how do I need to change them? I need to retool my model. The processes are very important. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Chris, today's guest is Troy Korsgaden. I have to tell you, whenever we were able to be able to get Troy to come on our podcast, I was so excited. And honestly, I had high expectations, but he really blew it out of the park. He has been in the insurance industry. There's probably not anybody that has more of an influence and impact, not only at an agent level, but at a national corporate level in insurance. He's been in the industry for a really long time. And I am so excited for our listeners to be able to hear directly from him today. We cover a gamut of different topics, a range of topics that address where the insurance industry is going, where it has been, and what are the things that you need to do today in your business to be able to keep up pace with the coming tsunami of changes in the industry. Chris, what are a couple of things that you picked up? Troy, Korsgaard, and Bradley, this was such a great episode. I am so energized and pumped from speaking with Troy. You know what? Let's just get into it. I mean, there's going to be so much that our listeners are going to walk away with. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Google makes it easy. Swipe a card, pay for marketing. Sure, you get a few more phone calls, but they have nothing to do with your business. The truth is Google can't understand the buyer's intent. Enter Matt and Maddie Jonesa, the husband-wife duo adding intention to your online marketing game. As a State Farm agent himself, Matt built his business by maximizing the volume and quality of inbound calls. His success led to the creation of DirectClicks, a company helping insurance agents across the country grow their business through online campaigns. They focus on Google ads so you don't have to spread your budget across the internet. With attention to detail and transparency, they provide monthly review calls, exclusivity, and the lowest cost per click. So before you swap that card, contact Matt and Maddie Jones at directclicksinc.com. Again, that's directclicksinc.com. Troy, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I'm super excited and honored to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. So, Troy, we have so many questions we're going to be able to ask you today. But first, we always like to be able to give people an opportunity to kind of just tell your story is amazing. Just all the things from where you started and obviously to where you are present day. So just take a few minutes, kind of give them your background, origin story and just the arc of your career. You bet. I think I've got a great story. I started in 1983 in a small town called Visalia, California. I started with the Farmers Insurance Group as an agent. 
Back then, it was what they called Greenfield. I was a scratch agent. My manager, Jay Green, handed me a big old book of business called The Phone Book. And he taught me how to dial for dollars. And that was what we did back then. I still remember the script that he gave me. I can recite it word for word because I gave it so many times. And so he said, hey, if you'll call everybody in this phone book, kid, and if you call enough of them, a certain percentage of them will tell you when their insurance expires. And then you call them up when it expires and you ask them for an appointment. And if you get enough appointments, you're going to be able to give presentations and enough presentations, you're going to make sales. And he was right. For the first seven years, I worked by myself here in Visalia. I worked in the district office in a bullpen environment, but everything changed for me my seventh year in the business. I really was running out of steam. I was doing everything. I was the king of auto, the king of fire, the king of life, the king of business insurance. I was the king of everything. And I really started to not have so much fun in the business because I didn't have any help. My manager kept telling me, kid, you got to get some help. You got to get some staff. I said, I can't afford it. He says, kid, you can't afford not to have staff. And I, I listened to him, but you know, it was always something, right? Every time I would make a big sale in business insurance, the car would break down. Every time I'd sell a big life policy, the kids needed braces. It was always something with the kids, like they wanted to eat or something. You know? <laughs> so one day I had an epiphany because I got a call from my dentist's office. It was a call that literally changed my life. The woman on the other end of the line says, uh, Troy, it's time to come in and get your teeth cleaned. And I said, oh, no, I'm too busy. I work alone. I own my own business, and I don't have time to come in and get my teeth cleaned. And she says, Troy, tooth decay does not understand busy. You need to come in and get your teeth cleaned. We need to give you a checkup, and we need to make sure you don't have any cavities because, Troy, a cavity left unchecked turns into a root canal. A root canal turns into a crown. And, Troy, I think you get the big picture here. It's time to do some preventative medicine. She gave me enough reasons, and so I booked the appointment. And everything changed for me that day. I went into the dentist's office because I noticed somebody that was answering the phones. I noticed somebody that greeted me as I came through the door. I noticed somebody that was doing the filing. I noticed somebody, I could see them through the window helping the dentist with the patients. But more importantly, that woman who called me to set up the appointment, I could see her through the window. I could hear her. And what struck me that day was she was working off a script. Every person she called to set up the teeth cleaning said, I'm too busy to come in to get my teeth clean. And every time she would pause the same way and she would say, tooth decay does not understand busy. And so a light bulb went off in my head and everything changed for me. I thought I'm a lot like the dentist. Doesn't matter where the dentist's office is. He was on Main Street, same street I was on. Didn't matter what type of equipment he had. He had the best. Didn't matter what kind of phone system. Didn't matter where he went to school. None of it mattered. What really mattered was there needed to be people sitting in the chair for him to bill out for services rendered. And so I ran back to my office and I created a job description for somebody, the first person I hired. And from there, I just started hiring people and I started expanding my reach and I've never looked back. 35 years plus in the business now. And I was a practicing agent for 35 years until last year. And today I just counsel carriers and I counsel agents. And I got to tell you, I wake up today as excited as I did that day I went into the dentist's office. Wow, that's great. It's amazing how one story, one experience can change the trajectory of the rest of your life. Isn't that amazing? Definitely. So when I was, I think I probably had just started my agency scratch, just as you did 11 years ago. And your book was actually given to me during my internship. So it was one of the very first books. And back then I didn't read books. And I think I read the first couple chapters. So I remember your story from the book. 
So I do have to ask, because I was actually looking as I was preparing for this, we were preparing for the podcast. You wrote that book in 1998. Yeah. And you wrote one of your newest books, which we'll get into, I'm sure, at some point in 2018. So it's 20 years apart. Yeah. So what from that point has stayed the same from the concepts that you wrote in that book? And then what has changed? Because, I mean, we were just talking about how grateful we are for Zoom to be on this platform, to be able to blast us across the country. But I am really curious about from the time that you wrote that, what has stayed the same and what is different today? Fabulous question. So I wrote that book and since it has sold over 150,000 copies, 150,000. It still sells today. And I believe it sells today because people can relate. The struggle is the same for everybody. It's technology's changed, of course. The way we approach people has changed, of course. But the principles, the fundamentals have remained the same. So it's still a great book. And I've written seven books. All of them have been bestsellers. But none of them to the degree which power position was. And the reason is back then, nobody wrote books and nobody wrote books about multi-line. Today, you wake up and you sneeze and you write a book about it. I mean, everybody writes a book, right? So things have changed drastically, but the fundamentals in relationships have remained the same. You just approach people differently because of Zoom, because of the fax machine came out after that. The cell phone came out after that. And I embrace technology. I love it. I'm more excited today than I was back in 1983, than I was in 1990 or the early 2000s. I got to tell you, it's an exciting time. We're talking about before we went on. I talk in Discussion Partner, one of my books, about holograms. I wrote this book about a year ago, and holograms are coming, people. We know they're coming. It's going to be a new way to communicate with people. But the fundamentals of having a relationship are more important today than they've ever been before, because that's what's going to separate us all from the new way of doing business. We've all got to look at ourselves honestly and say, I've got to change my business model because the old model will not work in the future. And I don't mean the near future. I mean now, right now. So number one, great story. And thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure that you've summarized it a ton, but I heard it. And I don't know if it was the coffee that I had 10 hours ago or the story, but I'm like ready to like start running or something. I just like, I'm pumped. Uh, So thank you for sharing that. I mean, a lot of things come to mind when I hear your story, but I really would like to know what are some practices that you carried out through your tenure as an agent that allowed you to be successful that you think agents could benefit from today? You bet. So I mentioned I hired that first person. We call him an agency contact representative, somebody who is a relationship manager for better purposes. Today, they use the computer to schedule the appointments. Back then, it was paper, right? But that position has remained the same. We still are advocates to be on the offense. You need to have butts in the chair, B-I-C. And that hasn't changed. You need to see a high number of people to choose who you want to do business with. And to choose, you got to have choices. So you can't just wait for the phone to ring the way they used to do it back in the early 80s and the 90s. You got to get on the offense and it hadn't changed with do not call and the different legal aspects of approaching people. You got to think of new and creative ways to meet people and have a broader reach than you used to because it takes more numbers today to compete. And I believe this is a theme I'm going to share with you more and more throughout this conversation. Everyone listening, whether you're a carrier, whether you're a distribution group, or whether you're a firm or agency owner, or even a team member, if you're listening, you must position yourself to be the gateway 
to all things insurance and financial services for service and advice. If you do that, your opportunity to offer product solutions will expand dramatically. Because if you give great service, you earn the right to offer more products. They're not going to buy from you every time. They don't today. But you need to position yourself to be service first. And that's the difference between when I first started and today. Yeah. So whenever you and I had a conversation, you know, kind of a pre-podcast conversation, we talked about retooling the business model and yes. how it used to be kind of sales-based. And now it's all about the service-based. And listen, that term being service-based and giving high-quality service really gets thrown around a lot. Can you just dig into that a little bit more and talk about that? Because even commodity, commoditization of insurance is happening, but it's happening in all industries. Sure. Insurance is no different, right? It's not just happening here. It's happening everywhere. So when you say you've got a retool service-based, I mean, really kind of granularly, what are you talking about there? Yeah. So over the years, right, I've spoke at thousands of conferences and I listen to the other speakers. I listen to the corporate folks that get up and they always stand up and they say, the customer is at the center of everything we do. And then they go back to the home office and they say, we're going to tell you when to buy, what to buy, how to buy, what kind of payments you can make. It's not a collaborative thing, but today the customer is in control. So what that means is you need to not just go through the motions of service. You've got to give service that is unrivaled. That's the word, unrivaled. You've got to be different and you've got to do it consistently every time. It can't be a one-time thing over here in your auto department or in your life department or in your business insurance department or health insurance department. You've got to give unrivaled service as a team, as a carrier, as a firm leader, as an agent, as a team member. Everybody's got to give it 100% of the time. No questions asked. Great service is really being able to help somebody hold their hand through the maze of madness in this world and to be able to do something more for them than they were expecting. And then you got to learn how to tell them what you did for them because they're not going to know unless you tell them. Nobody else is going to go, boy, you just got great service. You've got to be able to do it and then tell them what you did for them and then why. You want to talk to them to be the gateway to all things, insurance and financial services for service and advice. Notice how I say service and advice and then product solution, because if you do it good enough, the commissions come. I never sell anything, never have in regards to a commission. The commissions and the trips and the awards and all those things came. They just happened because I did my job and I did more than what people expected. It sounds like you're a very structured person. And for you to constantly deliver that level of service, there has to be a very thought out way of onboarding your employees so that they can also deliver the way of services as well, like the way that you want to service your clients. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents. So we know your struggles with accounting, payroll and HR solutions, tax services, analytics and more. Let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. 
Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. Let's say that I was an employee at your agency five years ago when you were, like, were still open. What would my onboarding have been like? Yeah, the first, and that's very insightful, by the way. Onboarding is one of the most important. I was in Denver yesterday and I was talking about onboarding. It's so important. But recruiting is the most important thing. Most mm. agencies, most firms don't have a recruiting program. So when they need somebody, then they start going out to recruit. The worst time to try to find somebody is when you need them. So think of yourself as a pro football team. You're always looking for people in the league, out of the league. You're looking for people that are in high school. You're looking for people in junior college, college. You're looking for people even out of the league or out of the country. Because when you need somebody, you need to be prepared now, right now. And so we have an onboarding program, which I'll get into, but it's a philosophy that says slow to hire and quick to fire. In other words, we got to have the right person to onboard because as the old saying goes, we don't train our people to be nice. We just hire nice people. We look for two things when we look for people when we're recruiting. We look for people that have a good attitude and they want to grow. And I'm telling you, they're not going to stay with you forever. I've had people that have come to work for me that ended up being teachers. They ended up being lawyers. They ended up being an insurance agency owner. They went to work for the corporate office. That's great. While they were working with me because they had a good attitude and wanted to grow, that's what people going to school to be a teacher are, to be a lawyer are, to go work in a corporate office are. They want to grow. So every day they're in my office or your office with those two attributes, they're going to help you grow. And so maybe they're with you five years, seven years, and then they move on. Awesome. It's just not the person, it's the position that needs to be filled. And as long as they have the basic attributes, then we can do the orientation, we can onboard them. So let me just briefly tell you on the onboarding, it's structured. You're not going to just be thrown to the fire. There's an actual system, a process for everything. And onboarding is one of the most important things. You bring up a great subject. That means how do we answer the phone? What do we say? It's scripted. Inbound calls, outbound calls, the way we treat somebody when they walk through the door, the way we walk them out of the building, we give them Ritz-Carlton service. This can't be done by just going, okay, here's your desk, here's your phone, giddy up. They've got to have somebody holding their hand for the first 10 days, the first 20 days, the first 30 days. And every position is different as far as the onboarding goes, but it is all planned out because it's a huge investment to put on a person in your business. So I have a question about systems and processes because uh -huh. this comes up a lot in sure. our podcast. And if you're familiar with Colby, my Colby, I'm pretty good at setting up systems and processes, but I'm not very good at personally keeping those systems and processes going. Yeah. So you have to surround yourself with people yeah. to do that. But let's just take an insurance agency office. How do you allow, how do you balance having systems and processes without stripping the team of their personality mm. and trying to make them robots. Sure. Because that's balance. You want them to be human. You want them to have that experience and that connection, but you obviously don't want them being out there willy-nilly doing their own thing. So what is that balance? I mean, E-Myth book gets thrown around quite a bit in a franchising type model. Sure. I'd sure. love to hear you comment on that because, again, I understand the importance of systems and processes, but sometimes it can just strip it down too much to where it's dehumanizing it. Yeah. So let me give you a few hot tips. I think you've framed it perfectly. 
because everybody's unique, but we all need to be singing off the same song sheet, right? So one of the things that I learned early on from a friend of mine was, Troy, you got to inspect what you expect. And so I've got a system for that. I don't just assume everything's still going great just because I'm making money. I still got to make sure that I inspect what I expect. Now, what do I expect? I expect you to use the script the way I designed it because we script everything. Call it a word track. Call it a ham sandwich. I don't care. It's a word track. Now, I've got people. I'm still in an office where my agency was. I own the building and it's still going. I love the laboratory. I love to be in it. I love to hear what's going on. I don't get commissions. I don't own it anymore, but I love it. And I love to listen. Most agents are afraid, firm owners are afraid to listen to their people because it's uncomfortable. It makes you cringe sometimes. And I just challenge everybody to make a date with yourself. And you'll hear me say this a lot, to review process, to make sure they're doing it right, that they're singing off the same song sheet. But also, does the process need to change as a consultant to carriers? I observe process from lead to quote, to presentation, to bind, to follow up, and so on and so forth, you'd be shocked at multi-billion dollar companies that have processes that are 15, 20 years old. They don't make sense. So with that being said, we know that it's just a smaller checkbook in the firm, in the agency, in the local office. So it's a little bit uncomfortable, but you onboard them, right? And then you don't just walk away. You inspect what you expect. That means how do they greet people? Look at it and then role play with them. I mean, role play is one of the things that I've been doing for 25, 30 years. And role play in private. At first, don't get them out on the floor. Role play with them like we're talking right now. It's a safe environment. You can critique them. You can challenge them. And then put them out on the floor and then bring them back into the safe environment. Hey, when you gave this presentation, you might have said this instead of this. And then you're constantly helping them, coaching them. And so I'm with you. I read The E-Myth when it came out. It was awesome. It's a great book. And I believe in processes. But I also believe that the world is changing. It will continue to change. In fact, I believe we're going through a tsunami of change and the waves are crashing against the shore. And most of the people listening, including carriers, including firm owners and agents, are really just waiting for things to settle down. The question you asked is one that everybody should be asking themselves. What are my processes and how do I need to change them? I need to retool my model. The processes are very important. Troy, whenever I knew we were going to be able to have you to come on the podcast, probably the number one question I wanted to ask you is you're one of the foremost thinkers and thought leaders in the insurance industry as a whole and across the United States and maybe in the world. And pick a date and time. I don't know if it's three years from now or five years from now or 10 years. I mean, that's up to you. You should tell us. But I want to kind of transport people and tell us where is this going? Where is this going? Because there's a lot of agency owners listening to this podcast and around the country that are really uncertain about, are they even going to exist? Are they even going to have their business anymore at Uh some point in the future? I mean, they thought it was, oh, I'm just going to have this and build a big building and I'll be there for the next 35 years. And now that's becoming, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be here in the next five. And it doesn't matter what carrier you represent, captive, independent, it doesn't matter. People are concerned about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Sure. Where are we going? So I can tell you with no hesitation that agencies, whether they're employee agencies or whether they're contractor agencies, the way I grew up in the system, are still going to be here. 
They're going to be different variations of distribution. We are now living in a seamless distribution ecosystem. It's not quite seamless yet, by the way. It's still a little clunky from the telephone to the internet, from the internet to the local agent, but we're going to get there. So let me just take you to the future. We're moving to what we call an open platform product solution where we know everything about every product and we can only offer so many solutions. But let me tell you, we're there today. Whatever carrier you're with, and even if you're a carrier, if you quote 100 people for auto, you're going to get about 20 of them. So what happens to the other 80? That's the question we all got to ask. If we quote 100 property policies, fire policies, and we get 20, what happened to the other 80 that we didn't get? So there's transactional folks, and then there's relationship folks. I put everybody in here listening today in the relationship bucket. And that's where the future is for it. That's where the most money is. That's where the most need is for advice and service. So as we move to an open platform product solution, that doesn't mean you're going to be selling every product, but you're going to be giving advice because you're the gateway to all things insurance and financial services. And you're already not selling everybody you talk to. So quit worrying about it. You're going to get your fair share, but you're going to get them because you are now retooling your model to put the customer first, not your commission, not your revenue. And if you do that, and you're seeing indications of this in the industry right now, I can't name companies because of antitrust laws and because of compliance, but you're seeing it. Offering products where there's little or no commission so that we can surround the customer and be the gateway, or as the independent big business carriers say, I control the account. That's what they tell the underwriter. I control the account. Well, I don't use that term. I'm the gateway. That means they trust me for everything. They trust me when they buy a refrigerator, okay? That's how much they trust me. What kind of refrigerator did you buy, Troy? I don't say, do I look like a refrigerator expert? No. I say, well, you know, let me tell you which one after looking around, or I'm not the right guy to ask, but I know somebody. I've got an expertise partner that knows more about refrigerators than me knows more about crop insurance than me, knows more about life insurance than me, knows more about wills and trusts than me. But I'm the gateway to all things. I'm the quarterback, if you will. So just wrapping it up, because it's a great question. The future is about giving great service and advice under an open platform solution where the customer will see all the products in the marketplace for themselves. And their advisor, you, will be able to hold their hand and pick which one's best. And it won't always be the cheapest product. People will pay more for value if you give them enough reasons. But just saying transactionally, because transactions, people win at this. I know a lot of people that make a lot of money off of transactional selling. Here's how it goes. Here's your coverage, here's your price. Do you want it? Here's your coverage, here's your price. Do you want it? Here's your coverage, here's your price. Do you want it? You do that enough time. I know people that sell 400, 600, 800 policies a month doing that. Do I want to do that? No. I want to attract a customer who wants all their insurance and financial services under one roof. And that's my roof. That's your roof. That's your goal in the future. And today, now, right now. What type of agents do you typically work with today with your consultancy business? I don't work one-on-one because my fee is so big. I don't feel good about it. So if I charged you the fee, I charge a carrier for doing consulting work or speaking. It's not affordable. You can get the same thing by getting a workbook from me. You can get the same thing by looking at my videos or whatever. However, let me answer the question. So if I'm out in the field 
and I'm working with XYZ company, one day I might work with 600 agents in one day, or I might work with 20, but they'll pay me because they know that I can get them what they want. And that is better retention of their current clientele and a broader reach because cross-selling has been tried for 20 or 30 years. It's been tried. We didn't move the needle. Bundling is not bundling. You hear this on TV. Let us bundle your insurance. Bundling auto and home is not bundling. Bundle everything. So who do I work with? I work with groups of people, small groups, large groups, but I work at the behest of a carrier, carriers, distribution groups. I work for technology companies who want technology. I work for all kinds. I could go in depth, but you'd be shocked at how many people will hire me to work with agents, firms, and distribution groups. So in my mind, I was trying to put myself in the position of just different agents that are listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, we're recording this. It's in the fourth quarter of 2020. And so different people will listen to this podcast in future years. And so to be a different time, but pretty much all of them may say, Hey, listen, I love what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying, but I need to get to that later because right now I've got some numbers I need to hit. I've got some auto numbers. I got some life numbers I've got to hit this year. So then they're going to just default into the product pushing to try to sell and be a numbers game and all of those things. Right. So what is the advice you could give that agents listen to it? that says, it's almost like that knowledge. We we were doing an earlier podcast and I heard him say knowledge information gap or the knowledge transformation gap, the knowledge action gap, the difference between taking in what you're hearing and then actually making a change in the way that you do business day to day. So I hope that I can articulate this well, because you frame this perfectly. I had a group today out of Canada. It was the same question. And I believe I nailed it. So I hope I can nail it here too. Number one, you need to not stop what you're doing. If you're having success writing 100 apps a month or 200 apps a month, or you're just crazy and you're doing 400 here now, you're writing articles about you, don't stop. But add new systems and processes in. We talked about systems a little earlier. They need to be sustainable. That's the key word if you're taking notes out there. That means that you don't need to be there to push the button for them to happen. You do it first because you need to stand the system up. So my first advice would be don't stop because the company wants quotes, right? I don't care what company is listening. I don't care who you are representing. Even if you're an independent agent, you represent multiple companies and they want activity. Give it to them. Render under Caesar what is Caesar's. His picture's on the coin. But if I want to give more quotes, then I will give more presentations. That's the change. So if I'm giving quotes, I'm going to keep giving them, but I'm going to stand up four presentations a day, 10 presentations a day. And a presentation is not bundling auto and home. It's showing them everything. Getting a 360-degree view of your customer. That means not only knowing every product that they have, or where they have their banking, or where they have their wills and trusts, but it's knowing what boards they're on, if they're involved in nonprofits, if they sit on a school board, what charities they're involved in, because to set the right liability limits, we need to know everything about them. Once we know everything about them, then we can put that in our technology, and our technology will give us the folks that are the highest propensity to want what we're offering, in this case, a 360-degree view equals presentations, which equals giving more product solutions, which equals more quotes. So I'm not against less quotes. I'm just against a transactional, one-dimensional product. 
not just auto, not just home, put them all together, and it's the customer's need, not the auto, not the home. It's just what does the customer need for protection, and then what do they need to move into the future to build a bigger and stronger business, a bigger and stronger bank account, a bigger and stronger protection model, whatever it is, that's what we do. Sounds like it's got to be a very in-depth conversation, uh, which pre-COVID, you know, when you were in person, that was definitely a relatively easy thing to accomplish. Do you think that people are facing any challenges or advantages now that most things are done via Zoom, just like we're talking today? Yeah, my fear is this. If everybody defaults to Zoom, if that's all they do is Zoom, they're not going to be successful. Is Zoom a great tool? Of course it is, right? Video, I've been doing video presentations. I've been doing video meetings for years since it came out. I love it. I embrace it. I embrace fax machines, but if I did all my business on fax machines, you wouldn't have heard of me 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You wouldn't hear from me today. So I embrace everything that's new. And if I leave some certain hot tips, this is one of them, is meet your customer where they want to be met. And so you got to have two things, ways to contact and reasons to call them. Ways to contact is so important. I get hired by technology companies. I get hired by insurance companies to help with what they call adoption use of their technology. Because when you spend a billion dollars, you want people to use it, right? If you spend 500 million, yeah. you want people to use it. 50 million dollars, you want people to use it. But they don't. Just because it's shiny and new, That's doesn't right. mean they're going to use it. So one of the things I've noticed with every carry is you go in and you say, give me your first 10 records here in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and open it up. Just start with A, give me the first 10, and I'll notice voids throughout the whole thing. You've got one phone number and it's a home phone number. They haven't had a home phone for three years. And I need his cell, her cell. I need his WhatsApp, her WhatsApp. I need his messenger, her messenger. I need every way that they like to communicate. And then I want to know what they like best. Because mm. you know what? I don't like Messenger. I don't like it. But a lot of my clients do. And mm-hmm. so guess where I meet them? I meet them on Messenger. Mm-hmm. Some people like Messenger video. Some people like group FaceTime. Some people like uh, start meeting. Some people like holograms in the future. Mm-hmm. I may not like it, but I'm going to meet my client there. So ways to contact and reasons to call is one of the most important hot tips I can give people. And then Fill in the blanks on the technology you have. Quit waiting for the next best technology to come. Use what you got, and we'll transfer all the information over to the next best when it comes. But it's like an ATM machine, and I'll wind this question up here. It's like an ATM machine. If I want to pull out 2000 3000 bucks out of my ATM, I better have 5000 in there. I better have deposited 6000 or 7000 or I better have deposited 2200 If I want to get 2,000 out, the currency for us is information. Mm. Currency is information. Put the information Mm. in and then we've got people that will help us mine it and get it out. You know, we're coming, I mean, what are we in? Nine months of the coronavirus at this point. But before, if we go back to February, the economy was on fire. And in particular, brands that were offering high-end service. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned Ritz-Carlton earlier. and Four Seasons, hotel brands, airlines, everything that they were doing to be able to give you the best, highest quality experience, people were willing to pay for it. And so what I hear you saying is those are the people that you want to be able to attract and say that they're only going to work with your agency. You're the gateway for the advice 
And then obviously you have the products to be able to service them, but they're coming to you for the advice and for the experience that they can't get anywhere else. And so therefore it removes, it almost creates, I don't know if you're familiar with the book Blue Ocean Strategy. You almost create your own blue ocean as opposed to the commoditized bloodied red waters. That is insurance, right? So let me answer that. But let me just say the default thing. Don't default to email. Don't default to a certain phone number. Don't default to uh, Zoom. It's an ecosystem. Meet them where they need to be met. Now, to your point, going out and doing something different. You mentioned Rich Carlton. I love to stay there, right? At Ritz-Carlton, you say, I can't find my room. They don't go, well, it's the second building over. They grab you by the elbow and they walk you all the way to the door. Mm. And they put the key in the door for you and let you in. Say, can I get you some ice or do anything for you? Now, can we do that? And the answer is, yeah. I stayed in a double tree the other night. That's where the company put me up. Somebody greeted me outside 12 degrees yesterday. 12 degrees. They walked me into the front and they helped me get with the person who checked me in and walked me to the elevator. And I believe they would have walked me all the way up to the room if they wouldn't have thought it was weird. You know, if yeah. I would have said, how do I get to my room? They would have walked me all the way up. You don't have to be the Ritz Carlton to give Ritz Carlton service. So COVID has speeded everything up. It's speeded up technology. It's speeded up a lot of things, but don't default. Create, like you said, your own new model. And that new model is putting the customer first in everything you do and your point about offering product and to service. You can still help people with service questions. You just can't represent the product if they've got it with XYZ company and you represent your brand. But that doesn't mean they can't come to you and go, well, hey, I'm buying this new car. Do I need to change my limit? Well, you explain that. Should I have a different deductible? You could explain that but you can't call up the carrier and then go, I want to make these changes for the client, but they've come to you because they just want reassurance. People just want somebody to hold their hand is what they want. And then they trust you because you're not trying to sell them every time you talk to them and they're going to buy more and they're going to buy for more money because they already know they're going to pay more no matter what. There's a threshold where they'll pay more. So you just got to give them more reasons, more service. Now, when I was talking to Bradley about you coming on board, he mentioned that you had a concept of the silver bullet. Can you please elaborate on that, please? Yeah, that silver bullet is that ACR, the agency contact representative, somebody who has a quota, an actual job description. Everybody has a job description. I created it after going to the dentist's office. And I'll just be blunt. Most people will look at me with their eyes wide open and go, that can't be. But it's been the same, and I've trained thousands of agents throughout the United States and outside of the country, that you have an executive assistant who has a quota, a benchmark, to set four reviews a day, every day, in the office, two life appointments, every day, in the office, two PNC, auto or fire, it's both, two different families coming in, because we don't quote one or the other, we present a package, and then two business appointments, that's 10 appointments a day. Now, We could do a seminar on this because you go, how do you do 10 a day? And I can show you easily it can be done. You can do more than that if you have the right systems and processes. So that's the silver bullet. But there's another one since I wrote that book. And again, I told you I've written seven books. And I could have written 21 on all the stupid things I've done. But I just want to talk about here's a great idea. This is worth a million dollars if you're listening. A million dollars, I'm telling you concierge, having somebody to follow up the next day 
to make sure that the client was happy with the service they received. And 95% of them say yes. The 5% who don't, you have a chance to resell yourself and fix the issue, not a problem, an issue. You have a chance, so your retention goes up because they're surprised you called to make sure they were happy. And then you get them within 24 hours if there's an issue. And then for the 95% who say they're happy, while I've got you on the line to better serve you, I want to get to know you a little bit better and update. I see some missing information. Where do the kids go to school? Do they play sports? We don't get it all at one time. We're getting it systematically throughout the year, not once a year, throughout the year. And it does take time, but we don't wait three years to get it. But we also don't do it where we tell them, come on in the office, I need five hours with you. We're going to do it with a plan to get all the information. The concierge is one way to do that. And then from that, we set an appointment. We say, we want to help you with your life insurance, help you with your blah, blah, whatever the target is for that household or business. So uh, I love that. I love that. That is fantastic. I mean, that's part of the customer journey, right? From start to finish, that just becomes part of that system that we were talking about earlier, those systems and processes. I think that is awesome. All right, Troy, this has been great. We could go for two or three hours, but I want to be conscious of your time and respectful of your time. You ready to transition into the world famous E9 rapid fire? Let's do it. The last book that you read. The last book I read is called Unlearn. It's awesome. Unlearn. If I had the author's name, I'd give it to you right now and I can give it to you later if you like. But it just was very impactful and that we learn stuff and it isn't necessarily the best thing for us long term. What book would you recommend the most to others and why? Favorite book of all time is, thank you for asking, by Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, The Five Major Pieces to the Life Puzzle. I met Jim twice. Jim is considered the all-time greatest business philosopher that ever lived. And I think his principles today, 30 years later, are still solid. I reread the book every year. I give it out. I buy boxes of them. I just think it's fundamentally, it doesn't matter what business you're in. It's just a great book. Yeah, he's amazing. No doubt about it. He has influenced so many of today's coaches and consultants that impact millions of people. So I mean, yep. his impact has been. Side note, he was everything he said he was. You meet a lot of speakers and I've met them. They say one thing and then you meet them behind in the green room or you meet them outside and they're not the kind of people you want to associate with. This guy, I had a cup of coffee with him. He was one of the greatest guys I ever met. He was oh, awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah. That great. You hear people say, don't ever meet your heroes, right? Yeah. But that's great that he is who he is front stage. He is behind yeah. the stage, right? He was. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, you're not. We were talking about LA. You're not very far from LA. So you're not very far from Hollywood. So therefore, if somebody was going to play the life of Troy Corzigan, who would that be and why? So, you know what? I would hope it would be Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) One, because he's skinny. And one is because I like the way he talks. I love it. And he's just a good dude. I worked in Hollywood, just so you know. I had a home in Calabasas when I was doing a big consulting job. But I also lived in the Hyatt Hotel on Sunset Boulevard one year. And I literally had a residence there in that. And I will tell you, loved Hollywood at the time. It was awesome and met a lot of great people. Great place. Love Hollywood for sure. I've actually I've been to the famous Roosevelt Halloween party. It's, it's, uh, it's I've never been. Blast. 
I, I have blast. friends that go. I have friends that go every year, and they say it's awesome. I wish I could say that. I, I mean, definitely not this year, but in the years to come, we definitely recommend going to it. What things do you do every day that you wish could be automated? Automated would be for my computer to speak to me before I thought about what I wanted to look for and just say, here's what you should be thinking about in an hour. Here's what you should. And so today, just so you know, I've automated it myself. I'm real great about blocking 15 minutes on issues. So I blocked 15 minutes before I came on with you guys. I blocked several 15 minute units for this session. When I get up in the morning, I block time to be alone. I didn't used to do that. And so automation is always happening. And I've had the good fortune of working for technology companies and some of the stuff that has come out that I knew about before it did or is coming out is amazing. It just really is. So great question. You just got back from a flight from Denver. Yep. And so uh, let's say you were going to make a flight overseas whenever we're able to do that. You're going to be on a plane for 10 hours. You get to pick any person for you to sit next to on that flight, dead or alive. Who would that be? Again, I would have to say Jim Rohn, just because I had the pleasure of meeting him and it wasn't enough time. So uh, that would be it, only because I applied a lot of his philosophies. I didn't apply them all, regrettably. I'm applying them now, so life ain't over until it's over. But I'd ask him a lot of questions on why I did what I did, knowing what I knew. I still did some stupid stuff. I could screw up a two-car parade. I've had a lot of successes. And having somebody like that, that is honest, and that will tell you that. But last, let me just wrap it up on that question by saying I am the luckiest guy on earth. I just hung up with a guy that I consider to be one of the greatest human beings on earth. And I get to talk to people like that. I talk to a guy every Friday that helps me in a certain area, call him a mentor, call him a friend, call him whatever. So I just feel blessed in getting to live that, not just wish or pray or hope for it. I see you wearing a suit. I got add, and great suit, by the way. I love pinstripe. What's your favorite piece of clothing? So I love clothing. I believe that you put on your armor, your suit, you suit up for the game. And this is mine. It isn't for everybody. People make fun of me and they say, why do you wear a suit every day? Do you ever even take it off? And I kid about it, but there's something that makes me feel more in the game when I'm all suited up, even when I'm tired. I got up at 3.30 this morning and my first presentation was to a very large group at 6 a.m. I got in late last night. I put my suit on and I felt awesome. What kind of clothes do I like? I love t-shirts. You would love my t-shirt collection, but I love suits. Most of them I have made by a guy down in Los Angeles because he just knows me, he knows what I like and what fits me. But I'm one of these guys, I love to get stuff off Nordstrom's rack, Ted Baker. You know, I pay for what I want. I don't look for cheap, but I don't always pay top dollar. If I can get a good Ted Baker suit for three or 400 bucks and it's worth 1200 bucks, great. But I'll also spend four or 5,000 bucks on a suit if I think it's worth it. You pay for the value you I get. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. One last thing on clothing, if you're listening, buy less and get the best. Yeah, yeah, the bottom line is a t-shirt I'll spend a lot of money on, but I don't go buy a hundred t-shirts. Ties are the same way. I'll spend, some people will die when they hear what I will spend on a tie, but I just don't buy a hundred ties. You only need so many black suits or so many blue suits or so many pinstripe suits. So great question. Yeah, totally agree with that. All right. So 
when you're not working, when you're not mm-hmm. speaking, when you're mm-hmm. not consulting, mm-hmm. what's a hobby? What do you love to do in your free time, spare time? So I write, obviously. I collaborate, right? I don't edit my own stuff. I have an editor, multiple editors, but I have a few that are my favorites. But if you ask me what I do for fun, I write music, I play the piano, I play the guitar. I'm self-taught, so I'm not that great. My family, my brother specifically, and his son are world-class musicians. So I'm not good enough to get up with them for more than a song and fake it. I'm like Elvis, I know three chords. But I love music and I love to write music. I was writing a song the day before yesterday. I love music. I love the saying, uh, it's sad that most of us go to our grave with our music still within us. And Hmm. you can use that metaphor for anything, but uh, music specifically. Hey, that kind of reminds me of the quote we were talking about earlier, the man in the arena, right? That quote was uh, came at the same time as Teddy Roosevelt. What's a fear of yours and what have you done to overcome it? Fear of mine. So I didn't take care of my health. About three years ago, I just drove myself into the ground. I didn't do it on purpose. It was slow. I drank too much. I ate too much. I did a lot of stuff that was not good for me. And I didn't apply the same principles in my personal life as I did my business life. And I ended up suffering. So my prayer for myself is that I keep a level head that I keep as much balance as that I can because there's no such thing as perfect balance, right? I know people that say, you work too much. I'm at home with my kids all the time and I look at them and I say, yeah, but you're drunk 24 hours a day, so so what, you know? But my prayer for myself would be that I keep a level head, that I serve others and that I take care of myself. And when I started taking care of myself for myself, that's when my life got infinitely better. I had more peace mm. and I enjoy peace. I don't like drama. I like peace in my Lead life. Lead yourself first, right? Love Put that. your oxygen mask on first. You, you got it. Totally. I heard that for years, but I didn't apply it. Ideas are awesome, right, guys? I mean, I'm excited to be on your show because you're asking great questions. Not everybody asks great questions. But I will tell you that ideas without execution, as the philosopher said, are delusion. Yeah. And so my latest book, that's what I talk about now, right now, execute, get it and refine it, test and learn and be a constant learner. You know, and that's one thing that I can say that I am. I've had a lifetime of learning. Not everything's gone my way, but I win because I'm not afraid to go out on a limb because that's where all the fruit is, right? Chris, you might remember what podcast it was, but somebody said the biggest gap in life is between knowledge and execution. All right, last question. It is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. After all, what's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever been given? To me, the best advice I was ever given was my original manager in the insurance business. Lead by example. So when you're looking at it from that lens, not telling people what to do, but getting in and doing it with them, doing what you say, we've all met the people who talk a great game, but you've just gotta be a nice person. You gotta be a giver. You gotta do all those things you espouse. So as a leader, I think people today really want somebody that's real. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be perfect. But just be real. If you're going to say something, back it up. Yeah, man, that's powerful. Troy, this has been great having you on. For somebody who wants to be able to pick up any of the seven books that you've written, what's the best place for them to be able to go? And they just want to be able to know more about you. Maybe you come to speak to their group. What's the best way for them to be able to get in touch with you? 
Ah, thanks for that opportunity. I appreciate it. Go on to coursegarden.com, K-O-R-S-G-A-D-E-N.com. My publisher has an opportunity for you to get a complimentary book if you want one. As We also have a new book that's come out, but I would just say, just start. And then uh, you can reach out to me through support at coursegarden.com and you will be surprised. I will be the one who personally calls you back. Troy, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time, and I hope to be able to have you on in the future. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed the visit. Look forward to doing it again. Yes, thank you. Very, very grateful for your presence. Thank you. Bradley, once again, that was a great episode, and I'm super grateful that we had Troy on the podcast. A couple of things that I walked away with after speaking with him were, number one, meeting your customer where they want to be met and also having ways and reasons to contact the customer. Essentially, all this leads to one thing, which is building a relationship with the customer. Like he said, whenever you speak to 10 people, maybe two of them actually will buy from you on the spot. What you do with the remaining eight is going to determine whether you are successful or not. And once again, have a reason to call the customer. Load up on information and get you growing. What's something that you walked away with, Bradley? Well, I thought his thought process around gateway, I think is important. That resonates with me about how it's transitioning into advice. That's something I'm definitely going to take away. You know, he reiterated some things that I've talked about with other guests in the past about systems and processes, but I really challenged him on some of those things to talk about the humanization of systems and processes. I thought he gave a great answer there. He reiterated the importance of role play. But when you mentioned earlier about just meeting customers where they are and preferences, so how do people want to receive information? How do they want you to contact them? Some people love text message. Some people love email. Some people love Facebook Messenger, whatever that's going to be. And just understanding how to meet the customers wherever they are and what their preferences are, not necessarily your preferences. And then last thing is, I love the concept of having, he said it's a million dollar idea. I listen, I mean, there's no other person to take that advice from than from Troy. And that's that concierge service, following up 24 hours later with a new customer and being able to gather some more of that information. I mean, I thought that was a really big key takeaway. Troy, thank you so much for coming on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. It's been great having you on. Chris, another amazing episode. Again, we're getting close to the end of the year. You may be wanting to wrap up your year-end targets, your goals with auto and fire, life production, whatever that's going to be. Reach out to Matt and Maddie Jones with Direct Clicks, Inc., directclicksinc.com. They'd love to be able to talk to you about any of their programs with pay-per-click and even talking now with a new service with SEO. Reach out to Matt and Maddie Jones at directclicksinc.com. Chris, loved this episode. Until next time, lead well. And stay classy. Stay classy.